Good day. I am Francis Gargani, Redemptorist. Always grateful to be with you, our hearers of God's living word, coming to you from our provincial house in Washington, D.C. And what a word it is today, fresh from the beginning this week, celebrating both All Saints and All Souls Days. Let's listen to today's Gospel from Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners. He eats with them. So Jesus addressed this parable to them. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance, or one woman having ten coins and losing one would not light a lamp sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This gorgeous section of Luke is so central to our Christian proclamation that the very meaning of gospel is good news, and so central to who this Christ is and his mission among us. It just couldn't be any clearer that the God that Christ reveals is a God who is all about rescuing, healing, lifting up, saving, redeeming, and sundry other descriptors that attempt to name a God of such liberating mercy. How we fail to emphasize these stunning words of Luke in our preaching and catechesis for too long is a sad commentary. How did the concept of God as one indifferent and removed from us, ready to judge and condemn, get so ingrained into the consciousness of so many people. When we have such revelatory parables of God's compassionate embrace that restores the wounded and hurting sinner from the very lips of Jesus, as recorded in Luke. I don't know. Also, not to be dismissed, is God imaged in the feminine as that distraught woman who loses a coin so valuable that when found, 
she announces her discovery to friends and neighbors. Isn't this the God we want, not only to know and be known by us, but to love and be loved by? Isn't this the God that never gives up on us, no matter how often we give up on God or on ourselves? And isn't this the God we're called to image to our wounded and hurting world? Guess part of the problem for many of us is we're like those Pharisees and scribes that never really strayed or seriously severed our relationship with God, or really committed some great offense against any of the commandments. Though we would probably be too embarrassed, even unaware to say it, but we pretty much operate as if our good deeds and so-called clean living are our ticket into God's good graces. So many of us never face our own personal heart of darkness, our capacity to really hurt another, especially even from our unconscious buying into a lifestyle in our first world nation that depends on the oppression of the poor and lands we exploit or the resources we overconsume. On the other hand, there are also too many of us who get caught in a cycle of self-deprecation and self-rejection, stifling any chance for the breath of God to surround us with affection, soul-saving intimacy. We've bought into so much negativity and failure for so long, we just don't know how to feel what it means to be found lovable and beautiful by our crazy love of God. We've allowed the false values and judgments of our materialistic world to imprison, anesthetize us, and to envelop us in the darkness of almost being part of the living dead. We'll know our religious practice is of God if firstly we radiate joy, deep peace, overflowing life, for that's God's desire for us. And we'll know our religious practice is authentic if we desire the healing and restoration, liberation of our sisters and brothers and of all creation. Captivated by the God who has judged us with God's crazy upside down, inside out justice, a justice that justifies and transforms us we yearn to share that divine touch with those who have been judged unworthy and made to feel worthless. When we can set both individuals and communities that have been oppressed free to know they are treasured daughters and sons of God and to set creation free from abuse, then we will delight in the partying of the saints and of the angels, delirious with rejoicing in the redeeming graciousness of the Abba, Jesus reveals. My life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentation. I hear the real though far off hymn that hails a new creation. No storm can shake my inmost calm, 
while to that rock I'm clinging, since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing through all the tumult and the strife? I hear that music singing, it sounds and echoes in my soul. How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his. How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing?